What is up? Welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, not the mostest, but the mostest. Well, technically, I do have the mostest 20s on the year, so I'm going to gloat a little bit. Um, Technically, not not even technically, you just do. I do, but you smoked me on this last trip. So, uh, you know, I think doing this episode, this is, we'll call this our Christmas episode because I feel like we're in a festive mood. We both got Smalley Slayer shirts on unplanned unplanned (laughs) just for the record this is like the fourth person i've ran into the last two days with smally slayer shirt on so you know you could just say things are catching on you know (laughs) Um, it's beginning to look a lot like christmas that's all i'll say (laughs) um but yeah we uh I, I was talking to you before the podcast started that i ran into burton hoosier state fishing um yesterday we both kind of had similar encounters uh derek uh takes lunch breaks he works downtown indianapolis and there's a particular part of this creek that runs through the city we'll we'll just say fall creek we're not trying to hide stream names here (laughs) especially not hot stretch hot stretch (laughs) yeah Yeah, hot and dirty right by the right by the state fairgrounds (laughs) oh my god yeah but derek uh he always likes to go there on his lunch break and fish. It's 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 actually, it looks like a pretty good winter hole. I can't say that I've caught any fish there in the winter, but he did catch one while I was standing there. But right. um, we both saw his truck in the little parking lot to access it. So we, you know, I swung in there and I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to scare the shit out of him basically. Because I think Chris, didn't you do that to him the yeah. last time he saw him? Yeah. So there's this, it's one of those, like you're not supposed to access the river. Let's just put it that way. Like that parking lot's not to access the river. There's like a trail right there. And then you basically walk through this like high, you know, parking lot is actually, the parking lot is actually meant for uh, vagrants to pump and dump (laughs) one another, dump into one another and also to shoot up drugs. That's Mm. the primary purpose of the, of the parking lot. I like that pump and dump dude. (laughs) We need to start using that phrase more. Um, (laughs) But you're walking through this. I'm in like, you know, I, I was delivering Christmas presents to my customers. I had like dress pants and this shirt on and like I'm getting, you know, crap all over me. And I, I get down there thinking that Derek would be like right on the bank, you know, fishing because that's where we usually fish is right there on the bank as you kind of go down into the river. There's a bridge that uh, goes across the river right there. And. I, I don't see him. So I'm like, well, I can't like sneak up. I'm like, where is this guy at? And I look over and he's, <laughs> he's just pelvic thrusting into <laughs> piling, facing away from me, uh, taking a massive leak. And I had my phone recording and I like zoomed in on his back. He's just <laughs> taking a leak there. <laughs> and I right as he's get gets done. I yell some obscenities at him and he, I think I scared him a little bit, but more like I think he was just trying to put his, you know, his his wiener away and not get charged for public indecency. So uh, being in the middle of a populated area. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we we um, <laughs> we I ended up going over there. I'm like, how did you get I'm like, how did you get over there? It's like in the middle of the river. Like you'll see when I I'm going to put a video to a story of him peeing. Um by the way, I'm somewhat, uh, I'm somewhat uh, hesitant to post like people's videos like that. I'm not gonna name any names, but I, I did post a video of someone's, uh, um, let's say, pantless self. Yeah, gosh. And I, I got, I got, I got in <laughs> yeah. trouble for it. Well, yeah, <laughs> you posted the bare ass of a grown man with a family and a good job. It was anonymous, though. Nobody knew who that butt was. But I mean, anyways. it's semi-anonymous, yeah, but we hey. all, you could gather it. Hey, I, under- sure. I understand. I, I yeah. understand. I apologize. But it was, 
uh, it's kind of made me a little spooky in trying to post other people's, I think, you know, Derek, intimate moments. I, well, you know? yeah. I mean, that's a fair hesitancy. I, I think yeah. Derek might take umbrage with you describing it as pelvic thrusting into the bridge piling. <laughs> well, as long as there's not, he's not meeting up with teenage boys, you know, I think it's okay. So, he's, you know, meet, he's meeted up. All right. Uh, <laughs> So but yeah, yeah dude, so we are winter program in full effect. Uh oh, I so similar story. I met Derek or I saw him like I was on my way back from a mediation. So I was in like a full suit and I saw his truck and I was like I'd never been to that spot before, but I was I think I I kind of had a good idea where he would be. So I was like I'll just walk down there and see if I can see if I can spot him. So I like walked down and I like started getting close and I realized that he had no clue I was there. So I like I'm in a full suit, you know, tie the whole nine. And I like walk up. I'm like, I get like 10 feet behind him and I go, I'll suck your dick for money, buddy. Like that. He just, he about left out of his knickers. I mean, he was like, his he knickers. goes, oh, he like grabbed his chest. He's like, oh my God, you about gave me a heart attack. <laughs> so I ended up uh, throwing on my wading boots and fished with him for a few minutes. But uh, yeah, didn't catch anything. But yeah, it's a pretty good looking spot. Yeah, well, he said, he said he had caught one before I got there, but yeah, that's why I didn't finish the story. He he caught he caught one right in front of me, but he was Derek was in the middle, like the middle of the river on one of the bridge pilings. I'm like, how did you get? How did you get over there? He's like, oh, there's a if you walk around, there's a log that goes across the river. I walked over there, thinking like I'm thinking there's this like big you know log you can right. just kind of like scramble across. I get over there. There's this log that's like. I, it might have been eight inches wide, like, and mm -hmm. it's like it's probably I don't know six foot across, like so, and it's the the it goes across you know over the the you know main channel of that creek, which is like three foot deep, and it's like pretty ripping current. Yeah, it's ripping and, through there for sure. Yeah, I'm in dress clothes. I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna go across that, dude. I was like, you can call me how pussy funny. What? How funny would that have been? It, you're just. <laughs> In your dress clothes, like slip off that log and <laughs> yeah, fall yeah. into forty degree water. Yeah, it would have been oh, terrible. Man. So I was like, oh, it's yeah. just not worth the risk here. So I Derek... watching you scramble back into the onto the shore would have been pretty funny though. <laughs> Probably yeah. about like that time I jumped in after that. I caught that twenty three. You know, you yeah. know the <laughs> just stomping yeah. beds, dude. <laughs> Oh, dude. Bed stomper. Uh, don't, don't don't start that rumor. <laughs> yeah, but, no, it was. Uh, yeah, it's pretty fun running into. It's funny that we both ran into him at the same spot, like not even that far apart. It was like a couple days. So good stuff. No. Good love seeing that guy. So yeah, especially an unplanned meetup with Derek Burton. I mean, dude, the guy. The it's. I don't know if it's him so much as like the like the places that he like hangs out. It's but the there's, always, there's always there's always <laughs> hijinks, dude. Like when I was there, we found a big old condom, and uh, he was. Oh yeah, high. we we found a pile of blue jeans. <laughs> nice, fresh, dude. fresh pile of blue jeans. He was like, he made a little video, and he's like, "Hey Josh, you got your pants on?" He's like, "I got my pants on." He just zooms in on the pile of blue jeans. Somewhere uh, next to that river, there's two guys that are just hiding, waiting for you guys to leave so they can get their jeans back. I'm like, what, who, it's one thing, you know, like a condom, you kind of, you can play out the scenario that got the condom in there. I like, that's I all get, I think about. Yeah, but like <laughs> a pile of blue jeans, there was like three pairs of blue jeans. Like <laughs> what led to the a pile of blue jeans ending up under a bridge? I just can't, like right. somebody just get pissed off and they're just like, I have this bag of blue jeans in my car i need to get rid of it just these jeans these jeans don't fit me right <laughs> <laughs> no i i imagine it's like somebody who stole them from a store and they like hid out under that bridge to like put them on and like try like try them on and they're like damn it these are the wrong size <laughs> these are 34 these are 34 by 32 not 32 by 34 Shit. oh my gosh that's a great that's a great story I, you could probably think of the scenario but there's everything from you know just general trash to like there's needles. a lot of latex gloves latex Ew. gloves needles. Think about that like ooh, where does latex yeah. gloves been just bad stuff but 
Derek, that's the the dirtier, they've been in, they've been the more some... likely Burton is fishing it, dude. <laughs> the, yes. yes. That's the, Derek wades across uh, piles of homeless trash to get to places that I think it's like one of those, like, you know, you always say, like, if you can, if you can put your boat in places that nobody else is willing to go, you know, you're going to end up with in virgin waters. Derek, he wades across homeless camps because he knows everybody else is scared for their lives to get to fishing spots that nobody else can get to. So I, I love the picture of him just like, you know, he does those like reels where he's like shirt off, like doing like stuff like that. I just love to picture him like somebody's walking by and like the homeless situation's gone wild. <laughs> I saw some guy with a glo- one glove on and some cut off blue jeans filming himself for TikTok. He had a mullet. Like, yeah, he's like, I saw a homeless guy doing a TikTok video yesterday acting pretty nuts. Dude, <laughs> uh, Derek. I told him yesterday would have been a perfect opportunity. I was like, dude, if you're willing to, I was like, if you take your pants off, mm-hmm. I was like, all videotape you running across the river. I was like, that'd make for a great, a great reel. <laughs> Not enough time uh, to go back to work. I'm so. sure Shannon appreciates that suggestion. <laughs> Take off some clothes. Let's make a let's make a reel, buddy. Uh, dude. Well, well, we've got we've got some stuff to talk about. Unlike our last podcast, where I just we, we didn't really have much to contribute. Well, we had to bring so. we had to bring reinforcements in for that. So we did. We had to call reinforcements. So we've got another yeah. episode planned for uh, the the hammer himself. He's expressed an interest in coming on the show, which I'm very excited about. Um, the one and only Randy Long is going to come on the pod, grace us with his presence, um, to talk a little bit about perhaps the most epic season of smallmouth fishing that's ever been put together. Um, so pretty pretty amazing. He 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 told me. Uh, that he averaged out the amount of, you know, we were talking about um, another guy in Indiana that he's fished, you know, a thousand hours or whatever. And mm-hmm. Randy had, was talking to me about, you know, yeah, you know, catching, it's just being out on the water. And he was explaining how many hours he's logged this season. Let's hear he said it. he's, um, I'll, well, I can't tell you exact because I, I'm, I forget the exact, but it was, for the entire fishing season, which he classified as like 280 days or something like that, he was fishing on average four Ooh. days a week. Four days a week. And it was mm-hmm. like four days a week, six hours a day for like 280 days. It was a lot. And I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, it takes time. It, we've, said it, we've said it a lot. Like, time on the, there's no substitute for time on the water. Like, you're on the water. Like you have a pulse on what's going on with those fish and it just, cause the fish kind of do, you know, they, they, they move and they do different things every day, every week, every weather change. Right. And like, if you're not out there, the only thing you can do is rely, you can fall back on your previous experience, which we hadn't been out in two months essentially since our last early November was my last time fishing. So. Yeah, and it was the only reason we were able to find him is because we found him there that same time during, you know, another time previous years. Yeah, other than that, dude, we if we were on that river and we let's say we had never fished it in December, like we would just wouldn't have had a good day. Like we would have, it would have taken a stroke of magnificent stroke of luck to find those fish. It is. I mean, you can have educated guesses, but there's something about like. You know, it's been a couple of years since I've been able to do this, but even touching the water like once a week, um, right. you know, twice a week, if you can be out on the water twice a week, dude, that's like you're, you're you don't have to guess. I mean, you go out the next, right. you know, they do change for sure, like day to day. But like if you can go out twice a week, you have no there's no guesswork involved. You know what I mean? There's no. Uh, you know exactly where they were, you know exactly what you got them on. And it's, you know, you're, by virtue of that, you're just going to have a much better trip, I think. Um, which, yeah, and you don't, you know, like you don't have to ice cream cone, you know? Yeah, you don't have to be out all day either. I think some people think of like, oh man, you're fishing two days a week. And like, yeah, even if you're just, hours. yeah, if you're just fishing like an hour or two, 
like probably two hours. I think hours are not enough most of the time. And two hours of like being out there and like there's ways to do it. Like I've done it, you know, like get up in the morning before you start your work day, you know, especially when the sun gets up early, fish from like six to eight or whatever in the summertime. Like there's ways to do it. Um, but it does it does help you. And so it, it's it's you know, helping you in that season follow the fish. But what it also does is just like Chris and I did this past, um, when was it Wednesday that we went out? Mm-hmm. Um, you, 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 you're storing all that historical data in your, you know, hard drive. So, yeah. you know, you're adding more experience into your entire fishing database, which you can draw back on if you're good, at you know remembering or logging that manually or whatever you can draw on that because those fish you'll see like okay the temperature was this the time of year was this here's how the fish were acting and fish are fairly cyclical like they they kind of do the same thing like it's not an exact science but once you kind of figure out oh in this time of year this is where they're moving to like the next year you know, it may be within a week or two, same water conditions, same type of weather, they're likely going to be doing the same thing. And it, it really does uh, help. So Brandy being on the water that much in a season, it not only helps him out this season, but it's going to help him out, you know, next season, the season after the season, after the season, after. I mean, he's, he's already like years and years and years of doing that. Like just talking to him, like he's so so dialed like he's the most dialed person i've ever talked to about like his his waterways like the way he talks about like the gauges being at certain levels at certain times of the year like he just knows exactly where the fish are going to be just because i mean if you spend four days four days of the week on the water for even one year like the the amount of data and i think he does a pretty good job of logging that stuff too like it's huge. I mean, you're essentially setting yourself up for like years and years and years of, of, of success. So anyways, I'm excited to talk to him. I, I would like the conversation to focus a lot on that because, you know, just the amount of time that he's put into it. And I mean, not everybody can do that, obviously. I mean, uh, you know, if I did that, I'd probably be living in my office constantly. So uh, I don't think I'd be allowed back in my house, but you know, some people can get away (laughs) with it. And, uh, I'm excited to hear from him, but Josh and I did have a pretty good outing, which we've kind of alluded to. And I think if you guys follow us on social media, which you can follow us at Smalley Talk Podcast, it's all one word on um, mainly Instagram. On Instagram. I mean, we're, yeah, my, we're on Facebook yeah, we too, but you know, we don't interact near as much on Facebook. So, but if you saw us on Instagram, uh, you know, we had a pretty epic day. I think our best five went for, I think, 102.25. Was that mm-hmm. what we? added it up to so yeah pretty epic day i mean for around here that's it's definitely my best bag with two fishermen so best bag out of a single boat or best bag with two fishermen um you know and it's i don't think it was my best day ever me individually but certainly best day with two anglers uh pretty amazing day um yeah and i don't know how much I don't know how much we want to get into it really, but it was, uh, conditions wise, it wasn't awesome. I mean, it was, we're coming off. I want to get into it. I want to get into, yeah, as much as we can. And we're not going to give away our spot or whatever, but you know, the, the giving the juice on it is like, there's no, nothing wrong with that. But you know, I, I will say this, it was weird. Like, that was a really good day. At no point in time did I feel like that was the best day of fishing that I've ever had. And I don't know if it was, I don't I, I you know what I think it was it's like our best five were really good. Like our best yeah. five were like really good, but we under those five, <clears throat> I think we might've had four over 18, <laughs> you know, I think that was what, does is that is that is yeah. that fair yeah, yeah but i mean if you add them up you're like you're thinking like okay well, that's, that's what almost, i'm saying that's like 10 and, fish over 18 inches yeah afterwards i was like but we've had days like that on that river that have sort of 
yeah. produced probably more quality if like if you were let's better, say we definitely it. had better numbers before and i think let's, individually yeah. we both had better days like let's say you added up your top you know 20 fish like we've had mm-hmm. better top 20s that was the best top five that we've had for sure out of mm-hmm. you know so, which is kind of how you measure days you know your best five it's like tournament you know fishing kayak bass boat it doesn't matter like five is kind of what you you know always measure it by so in that respect it was and we did have a really good numbers day so we caught it's hard to say i would say safely we caught between 60 and 70 that's exactly what i was thinking yeah yeah safely i think it could have touched more like 80 if we would have been keeping a clicker i will say this though we lost way more fish than we caught like yeah amount of fish that were like definitive bites that we that came off and it was because you know when you're early on in the day you don't quite know how they're gonna bite so if you feel pressure if you pull up we're, we're fishing on bottom you know we're give you that we're fishing on bottom you and it's a light bite you know you pick up and you feel pressure like your inclination is to kind of wait to see some confirmation if that's a fish or not right and i don't know about chris but like what i do a lot of times is i'll wait and then the fish i kind of put just the smallest amount of pressure back on it as i can and if it is a fish a lot of times what you'll feel is like a pull back like the fish will pull back and then you try to set the hook as fast as you can but like a lot of times they've already spit it out by that point um so it's kind of one of the things as the day progressed, we started realizing that that pressure meant that there was probably a fish on the other end. So you just, mm. instead of pulling back, you just set the hook and you have a lot of empty hook sets. Yeah, but that's what I do. Take- I do. I, I'm more like in the winter time. My instinct is like, if I, the first inclination that I might have a fish on, I set the hook. Like, yeah, that's probably what you should do. Because I don't, I've had too many like drops, you know, or whatever, you know, if I feel, and I just, I hammer them right away. I don't reel down to them. I don't, I don't try and feel whether they're going to pull back or whatever. And I, as a result, I do have a lot of empty hook sets, but overall, I feel like that strategy pays off because, you know, you've you do have a lot of drops like in winter time like they'll pick it up maul it for a second and drop it and then you set the hook and you end up with an empty hook set if you reel down to them i think so i i tend to just hammer them right away yeah which that'll get you stuck like into a tree or in a rock really bad and then you have to go get it and we're you know we were fishing on average probably in about 10 foot of water eight to 10 foot of water uh on wednesday so like you know, if you get stuck in eight, 10 foot of water, it's hard to get your lure back. So we, we lost quite a few jig heads that day. Um, <clears throat> a couple of lessons I learned. One, I've been trying to specialize my uh, equipment more for winter because I tend to just like use the same stuff I'm using in the summertime. So a lot of what, I can't even remember what, prompted me to do this it was a couple people talking about finesse fishing and like using light line like really if you go look at like guys who are fishing that style of fishing which i would call that more of like lake style fishing where they're fishing a drop shot or a you know demiki rig or whatever those guys are all using like you know six eight pound tests they're using really small pound tests so i was like i'm gonna lower my diameter and I can cast lighter stuff a little bit further. And, you know, the my line's just smaller diameter. It's hard, harder to see. I decided to go with a co-poly. Um, and I have <laughs> learned that uh, that is not the right line choice. Too much stretch. I missed a bunch of fish um, yeah. early in the day uh, doing that. Um, so <clears throat> co-poly's out full fluoro is in so i'm gonna go next time where i'm gonna get um my next iteration i'm going eight pound eight to ten pound i haven't decided what eight to ten pound fc sniper full full fluoro is what i'm gonna mm. go with but i usually 
you know, you're like a Bray DeFloro guy and I am too, but that leader knot, <clears throat> I just have never liked the leader not pass because you have to use like long, especially with micro guides, and we both use micro guides on our winter yeah. setup. So the the leader not going through there, it it affects your casting distance. Um, I just never really cared for that setup when you know you're going to be fishing on bottom. It's good for I think a lot of it's more versatile than full full fluoro. Um, but I'm going to go with full. Yeah, but we know, we know what we're going to be fishing when we go out there. I honestly, like right. we, I typically take three rods. It's dumb. I really only need one. I, I take like, I should take one rod and a backup. Like we know. We I know took seven. So. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say you had seven rods. I think I, I saw a yeah. rat tied on to one of your, <laughs> to one of your rods. So, I mean, but, um, I, I think you're overthinking it. That's just me. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm, I just. I'm progressive. I, have a, I, have I just a, like to. I like to be I progressive. <laughs> I know you are. I know you. I like so, to evolve. You're dude. so damn progressive, dude. I'm a. I'm an old school conservative. I just want to keep things the way they are, dude. <laughs> it's working for me. So I, I um yeah, I'm still using like the 20 pound braid. Um, and I'm you know I had a 12. I think I at one point I had a 15 pound fluoro leader on. So. Oh yeah, it worked. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, I had a long, it's a long leader. It's like tw a 12 foot leader, 13 foot leader. So the other thing um, with braid in the cold, I don't really care for it. Ices up really bad. Um, yeah, it that gets is true. There's just, there's certain frustrations with it that I'm going to, I'm going to try full floor. If you have, if our listeners have any ideas of like, Hey, when I'm finesse fishing, this is my setup. I think the general consensus, if you're going to like pull, you know, a thousand guys who fish finesse in deeper water, deepish mm -hmm. water. I think it's full fluoro. I think that's what like the standard is. Um, so I'm going to try that and see, because when I did switch, I broke off so much of that copoly. I just spooled up a full 12 pound fluoro and it worked fine. The problem is I think 12 pounds too much for that application for that size spinning reel. And I had the only fluoro I had wasn't the nice stuff that I, it was still sunline, but it was like not their nicer stuff. So yeah, it was like, the F, it was FC. What was it? It wasn't assassin. sniper. It was assassin. Yeah. Yeah. It's which, which I think is a little more memory, a little thicker. Um, so we'll I see, get but it. it I, mean, I think, I think the biggest advantage to that is going to be the less, less drag too. So that smaller diameter, you know, with like an eight, eight to a 10 pound, you know, right. in that FC sniper, I think the biggest, you know, which it didn't bother us that much this time because there wasn't very much current, but like, if you're fishing kind of higher water, I do think that the smaller diameter might allow your bait to kind of hang there just that extra half second or whatever, because it's not being caught and pushed downstream by the current, which you do get a lot with braid, especially because it sits on the surface of the water. So, you know, you'll get yeah. that, you'll get that drag where you've got like almost a bow in your line, you know, and I don't think that's ideal. And in those types of situations, I typically will, instead of running like a, I'll still have a braid as like backing, but I'll try and put on like 30 to 40 feet of fluoro so that I'm not, I don't have that surface drag. Um, can I, can I say something though really quick? This is, do. please do. This is you have you have no idea how much I'm enjoying you talking about this because one the fact that I've single-handedly taken you away from the dark side of fly fishing and you're you're offering some super analytical advice on <laughs> conventional gear. I, I can do it all, baby. This. I'm I can do it this. all. And the I'm... fact that you were getting flamed on Instagram for I did it. get flamed. I love yeah. it. I freaking yeah. love it, dude. It's my favorite. Yep. Well, you know, uh, look, I'm not, I'm not. Blame, blame it on that trigger finger. Blame, I have not fully. That trigger finger. I have not fully transed. Let's just put it that way. I'm not, I have not fully transed into a conventional guy, but um, I mean, here's what, here's how, and I've talked about this before on the podcast. I do view fly fishing in winter as a bit of a square peg round hole situation. Uh, speaking of holes, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I do view it as kind of a square peg round pole situation, round hole situation. Um, I think it's kind of, uh, 
it's really tough, man. Like fly fishing in winter is, and people do it with success. I mean, our buddies, you know, do it with success, but it's just not my, it's just not my thing. I don't really enjoy it. I, I think dredging a fly way down there, you know, it, I've done, I've had fun doing like strike indicators and stuff like that in winter, but it's just not my thing. So I love this, dude. I love it. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I did, but like I would this, say this, if the spring and summer, I'll, I'll be back. The spring I don't and care summer. how good you are, dude, with a fly rod. Like you're going to get demolished. If a guy has a spinning rod in the winter time, yes. it's just what is what it is. High muddy. You're going to get demolished. And in the winter time, you're going to get demolished. The rest of the time. I feel like this, probably if you have a really good fly angler angler they can hang uh, but I, I hang i hang most of the time i i will say that the times that i've been demolished are winter and when you're fishing a spinner bait or a chatter bait so like muddy yeah. water and i've been crushed to the point where i know like i'm just not going to do that anymore so <laughs> yeah um, i know beat the absolute life out of your flyer out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh you beat me you definitely beat me with the fly rod and you know i'm in convention yeah. so I'll, I'll give you that at times um so i did get i did get flamed pretty hard so. it was pretty funny what's your what's your thoughts on um i did see david david williams down in kentucky just caught a 20 incher on the fly which i have to give i mean that's got to be donkey angler or donkey wrangler of the week right there david williams down in kentucky pulled a 20 i didn't see that out. yeah in winter with a fly rod I mean, that's like, it's impressive. It is. It's very impressive. So I got to, you better have a bobber on dude. If you don't have a bobber on that, I I don't know. I I don't know that. (laughs) Let me see. Let me see if he says, we need to get him on and that we need to get him on and talk about that bobber fishing, dude. He's he's probably, he did not have bobbers in the photo. I'll just put the photo on the, (laughs) He's a good yeah, looking dude. So, Look at that beard, dude. You got that gray stripe down the middle. <laughs> I know. I was uh last time, well, he was on the podcast a while back, and uh I think I offended him by I said I thought his voice would sound like a <laughs> like an old prospector. <laughs> uh, he doesn't he sounds he, he sounds very normal, but I thought he would sound like you know a Kentuckian, but he doesn't. He's he's uh so, anyways, <laughs> big shout out. That's a huge that's a a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah, congrats on the fly indeed. in December. Um, so. what uh, what what's your thoughts on us divulging what we were fishing with? Because I think our initial conversation was like we're going to keep that on the nah, hush. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I will say this: we did try a new to us um profile bait, and um, let's just put it this way: we were trying some traditional we went stuff. we were using our traditional stuff and i and i caught i caught fish on it i caught an 18 on on it and we caught fish but it did get our, our I was, normal stuff I was up, did get outperformed I, I was up five nil i was up five nil and chris had seen enough and he was like <laughs> yeah all right give me some of those <laughs> yeah i was like yeah, I just had to, I had this, I had to yank one, but I don't um, know. I'm, I've imagined those made a difference for sure. I think we would have probably caught fish on the other stuff, but I do yeah. think that the way those are, those are doing something that the other stuff we had was absolutely not. And honestly, they're sort of unique. Like, well, I, I would say this, like it was, um, the, the presentation is mostly the same. I mean, it's a bottom, <laughs> A, a hard bottom bite um you know it's kind of the you know uh, we always talk about like the channel side versus the off channel side and i really like i, I gotta say like this time the the current was so slow and and the river is so low right now that i mean we took a long run in some skinny stuff josh bon- you know bonked off of some some rocks that kind of thing um, the fish were dead center of the river, like yeah, dead center of the river in the channel. I mean, they were on bottom, so I'm sure that there was like current breaks and stuff like that, you know, 11, 12 foot down. But those fish were like, we fished everywhere in that spot. We fished, you know, in, in the other spots that we fished too. We fished everywhere. And the fish that we found were dead center of the river, hard on the bottom, 
and uh, you know, right in the current. So it, it was definitely a unique spot to find them, but we kind of, you know, <clears throat> we always kind of fan across spots, you know, when we like, we started off on the channel side, you know, the, the channel there is probably eight to 10 feet off the bank. And we start off fishing the eddies, you know, kind of move our way across. And we kind of figured out that they would be in the middle because I caught the first 20 incher like right on the current seam. So we were like, okay, well that, you know, that was the first real fish that we, that we hit. And then as soon as we started fanning out into the middle, so we started, we kept working our way out from the bank into the middle. As soon as we got to the middle, I mean, it was like every cast there for about it was there minutes to an hour. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like, that was where we padded our stats a lot from a number standpoint, but those, and then we just when... started moving. We started moving up and down that, that big long wintering hole that we were at and just they were just stacked in the middle the whole way down that wintering hole and yeah which all was of the fish came a little bit different there. we found them close to there but not in that exact spot but it this goes to i mean you know exactly what we were talking about earlier is like time on the water is what you know gives you that database and winter fishing is very like the the spots aren't like in the summertime where you find a fish behind this rock or that log or this run or whatever. Like they're very much schooled up. They're in a specific spot. They're in a spot within that spot usually. And up until last year, I had kind of thought like if I started to get this feeling, like if the river's low and there's no current, like it's really hard to find them. That's not necessarily true. Now that we know, we figured out last year how to fish for them when the river is low. You know, when it comes up, then we can also draw back into our sort of database. More current, though, and higher water, like it's better. Yeah, it, it makes them easier to target because it pushes them into those spots that are like that spot within a spot within a spot ultimate protection zone. Where like if you can get to them, you know that the fish there might be a thousand fish shoved into a spot that's the size of your living room, you know. And and it's crazy, but that is the case because we've yeah. caught them before in those living room size spots, like where I was like, I cannot believe, like you would it literally. I know this sounds dumb, but if you're working your, you know, jig head or whatever you got on bottom as you're pulling it up, you can feel it hit fish. Like yeah. there is that many fish in the spot where there's not just, sm- it's not just smallmouth, you know, like every fish right, kind of right. tuck in, but I mean, in the, in the lower flow, you just kind of have to be a little bit, it's, it's, it's a little bit more of a search. And that's why, you know, fanning across a spot, you know, you start with those ultimate protection zones and kind of work your way out from there. And, you know, I don't know. We just, I, I'm not, I don't think it was, I don't think it was luck necessarily, but once we found them out in the middle, which is, you know, it, you're just adding little pieces to the puzzle, you know, every, every time you go out, once we found them out in the middle, it was on like Donkey Kong for like the next, you know, I, I mean, definitely the next hour, it was like almost every cast we were at least <clears throat> getting the opportunity to stick one. And then for like the next two and a half hours, it was, we had a fish in the boat within, you know, every five minutes for sure. And, and then we it, had, uh, we did find them on side scan that did. Yeah. We did use a side scan and yeah. the side scan and like in the winter time, it's kind of crazy. Like how, like if that's also like a newer thing, we started doing that last year just to kind of find like, cause like the, the small mouth will be mixed in with rough fish a lot in winter. Like, you know, they'll, they'll be kind of on the periphery of those like bigger schools of carp and catfish and stuff like that, but they are kind of tucked in. So like we use side scan to kind of like locate that big ball of fish and then, you know, kind of start plucking at the periphery of it. And, you know, it, it, it tends to work. I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe that, Maybe, you know, us seeing like a big ball of fish like that causes us to slow down enough that we're actually fishing something thoroughly. But either way, it seems to work. Um, And, you know, out of that, out out of those, because we fished a few different spots, a few different wintering holes um, on Wednesday. 
you know, out of a couple of spots, we ended up with, um, I ended up with a 20 and a quarter, 20 and a half, a 21. And I, I think I had three fish over 18 inches. I was waiting um, on you to drop them, them stats, dude. <laughs> yeah, the Chris, had, they want. Chris had those three over 20. Uh, yeah. Before my none, really. Yeah. And then I stuck the, you know, I didn't have three 20s. I had the biggest fish of the day, or at least the longest fish yep. of the day. We'll put it that way. It was a quarter inch off of my PB. Uh yeah. So it's 21 and a quarter. I have a few 21 and a halves. I thought it, I think that fish could have went 21 and a half if I was willing to like torture it, but I did, there was no, nothing to gain. If it was a 21 and a half that could have went a 21 and three quarter, I would have. We but, try and get those fish in winter back, you know? Try yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we weren't, we weren't trying to keep them out of the water. There was a couple we kept out of the water probably longer than we should have just getting photos with them. But, um, that's the, that's the thing. We didn't have any mortality, I don't think. I mean, no no floaters. No, no I mean, tough. those fish are tough, man. I mean, people overstate a little bit of... Uh, Andrew Andrew was telling me a story, Andrew Neighborson, uh, those who don't know who that is. Andrew Josh, uh, Andrew Josh Neighborson. Uh, he was telling me they go up to the Boundary Waters every year and uh, fish, and they, they're targeting um, walleye to eat, you know, to catch to eat they catch smallmouth too, but like when they're, you know, they're targeting walleye and he's like, if they're not on a walleye bite, he's like, they might keep a few like smaller smallmouth on a stringer mm -hmm. to eat in case, you know, they don't catch wall walleye. So he said, they'll have like, you know, five, 15 inch smallmouth, like on a stringer. And he's like, and then they'll catch, get into some walleye and catch them. And they're like, Oh, we don't need these smallmouth anymore. So they'll release them. He's like, we've had in the middle of the summer, we have like a stringer full of 15 inch smallmouth, and those things have been behind the boat all day and they'll just unclip them and they just swim away. Like there's mm -hmm. just a no, they're just, they're really tough fish. I mean, there's, there's a mortality rate for any fish, you know? Yeah. Um, I tend to more think the bigger ones I'm more concerned about cause they're like, for sure, you know, a little more uh, susceptible to dying, but I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't even remember me killing a fish this year. I was pretty, pretty good year for that i didn't gut hook very many of them as a, a lot of really didn't really have much many fish that i felt bad about there's a couple bleeders and actually one of them was the last time we were out yeah the the mag draft as much as i love it dude that single treble hook it gets their gills when they when they yep. choke it really good so those are big treble too yeah just be warned on the mag draft if you I don't even know if there's anything you can do about it. Uh, Randy will talk about that. He said mag drafts aren't allowed in this boat because of that. Really? So, yeah, that's what he said. Oh, there you go. I'll ask him well, about it. But, any, anything else to kind of add to the add to the um, story about our trip last week? Uh, it was it was really good, really fun. Uh, you broke a rod, which <laughs> uh, we got to trash St. Croix for that. Sorry, St. Croix. Chris... Chris had a uh, um, a moment in the boat. <laughs> he boat flipped like a 15-incher with his Legend X. And it, I've never seen a rod broken two places. <laughs> it was, I had a full rod length of, of line out, okay? It was, there's no reason why this thing should have broke. And I mean, I boat flipped a 15-incher and it just snapped in two places. It was wild. And that's a brand new rod. Like, I, I that was the second time I've used it since I got it. So... You know, and I've got, and I'm a St. Croix guy. Like I've got an Avid X that I've probably caught 5,000 smallmouth on. And it's just not, I, I've had it for 10 years. And the thing is not, it's not broken. I've not had to replace it. That's the second Legend X I've had to replace. Um, that's the second time I've replaced that rod. And I've gotten maybe 15 hours worth of fishing between those two rods. So I don't know what's going on up there, dude. My experience has been uh definitely i remember you better. saying the same thing though about those legend x's that they're no i i wouldn't say that here fragile so, x fragile x um no i said the same thing about the um x prides i had a, i i broke mm. two x prides boat flipping um the the legend x's have been pretty good i mean i've broken them one of them was from drag racing 
um, in my Hobie, uh, which was, you know, (laughs) that was, that was going to (laughs) happen. Um, but overall, I actually think those are more durable than, um, I think I'm trying to think of the other, the legend tournaments, I think aren't quite as durable, but I will say I got a legend tournament, the new ones, they just redid them and it's like my swim bait rod and dude, it's you threw it some, it's a sick rod, um, for the money. I don't know. Legend X are just really sensitive. Um, oh, it's a great, they, yeah. The 10 the, hours I've Croix's, gotten out of both of them, just great. St. <laughs> Croix's warranty, though, I mean, here's the difference. I think that for the bang for your buck, what I've used, that Shimano X-Bride is the best rod. Like, it is the best rod I've ever owned performance-wise. It is, it's probably at least 20% more sensitive than those Legend X's. It's lighter like mm-hmm. it's a really and it costs less, like a significant amount less than those Legend X's, but they have a one year warranty on them. So like if you break them after a year, you're talking about a two hundred and eighty, two hundred ninety dollar rod that you're essentially just like SOL. So, you know, if you're willing to take that risk, if I was on a bass boat in the middle of a lake, I wouldn't even care. But like when you're on a jet boat in a river and a kike, you're fishing with Chris you know stomping <laughs> around the boat dude uh you know there's that risk at like getting those things broken and like if you break it that's you just you know which st croix if you break 50 bucks you get a new rod you know so it's pretty straightforward and they've never questioned um a warranty claim of mine so you know it is what it is um that said, do you have any, I know you're going to replace that rod. Do you get, you getting any more setups this winter time? Like any for uh, next season? I anything? actually, I actually just ordered an X pride, a spinning rod. Ooh, so me like, you. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, so this, we'll I don't have any spinning setups. They're all, yeah. I lost one in the drink. I lost one in the drink in the Susky. Um, but yeah, they're, they're sick rods. Um, but yeah, man, I'm a, that was a great great trip uh i feel like that was really our first true winter trip like the last one just wasn't you know it was in november but it was more like a late fall uh water temps were you know hovering high 30s low 40s we they were 39 when we got on the river 41 when we got off um so you know it was pretty you know it was a good that's like what you want to see though i think you know, I think you want to see those like lower water temps when it's like 45, 46 degrees and it's like in December, those fish just aren't quite going to be in that like schooled up. They're a little more active. And if they're a little more active, like you might not get them like kind of potted up like we did. Um, So my dad, so my dad goes out fishing every Thursday. That's like his, you know, He's getting towards retirement age. He goes up fishing every Thursday. Same spot. You know the ramp. He launches at uh-huh. the same ramp. And uh, I, t- I called him on uh, yesterday or Thursday. And I was like, hey. I was like, um, I was like, how'd you do? And I was like talking to him. He's like, oh, I did pretty good. I caught like 25. And I was like, oh, dang, man. I was like, well, you're going to have to share that winter spot with me. You know, uh-huh. we've been looking for a winter spot around this area. I was like, would you catch him? I was like, oh, I didn't catch him in a winter spot. He's like. I was like, what were you catching him on? He's like, I was catching him on a wake bait. <laughs> I was like, you serious? He's like, yeah, I was catching him on a wake bait. And I was like, really? yeah, I was like, I, I would have <laughs> never, never guessed that. But why you know, on earth would you even try? <laughs> that's a, yeah, dude, that's less than a week before we were out there uh, on the river that we just had that day on our buddy said he was catching him on swim baits, yeah. you know? So I do think that in certain places, those like because the river's low, the fish have a little more autonomy to kind of spread out. I do think there's a population of fish right now that are still kind of in more traditional areas that you can catch, and they're probably a little more active. Um, the big fish, though, they're in winter spots. Like the big, big boys, big girls, they're they're definitively in winter spots because. I mean, we caught two over 21 in one day. I think that's about all the evidence you need. And they were definitely in a winter spot. So, so yeah. Yeah, man. It was uh well, good trip. I appreciate you. Appreciate you getting it together. And uh, any, anything else you want to add to the, to 
the pod? Um, you know, uh, Achigan wise, we're going to be next month at the East Tennessee fishing show. I'm not sure if I've mentioned that or not. So, um, the plan is to, uh, I think Chris is cutting out there. Um, the plan is to have some sort of like get together slash whatever. We were going to do it at the Airbnb, but apparently there's no extraneous guests allowed. Um, so we're going to, I know. Yeah. They were like, you can't have any, no parties. So, and if we invite wet boys to an Airbnb, you know what that's going to be like. Um, so we're going to do some kind of get together at like a, a restaurant or bar or something like that, but we're going to be which, there. Which city is that in? It's in Knoxville. Um, mm. So it's going to be at the convention center. Apparently this East Tennessee fishing show is like the coolest fishing show ever. That's what I'm, I'm getting those vibes. So uh, if you want to, we'll have a booth there. We'll be there the entire time. Um, I don't know. I think Chris wasn't going to come because he had a trial, but that got canceled. I, so I, I don't know. I still have if, one in yeah February. Oh, so you I do? Can't come. Yeah. Um. Well, this is the end of January, so oh, you gotta you gotta prep. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Um. So, anyways, uh, maybe Chris will show up and surprise us. I don't know. Maybe he's just trying to set us up to come and show up one day in Knoxville, and you know, uh, if my if my but, case uh, in February settles, I'll I'll be there. How about shut, that? He's gonna shut the show down, dude. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that should be fun. Um. We'll uh. So we'll be there, have some new shirts. We have a, um, I'll send you the picture, Chris. We just finished up the design for, um, it is uh, um, paying homage to the world record smallmouth. It's a very cool shirt. So it's going to be, we'll have that there. So, and I think there's a debate, a little debate between, whether that fish was caught in Tennessee or Kentucky. I think that's a little, it's a hotly debated oh, topic. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's true. I, I feel like we're taking sides uh, with this one. So um. <laughs> it'd be pretty bold <laughs> if you took a side against Tennessee being in Tennessee at well, their fishing you know. show. But. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's going to be, we're going to have that there and then a bunch of other kind of uh, new stuff. So should be fun. Uh, other than that though, dude, just, stocking up for winter getting my um getting all my stuff ordered and you know all my stuff organized and yeah i can't wait for that first uh i used to say spinnerbait fish but i don't know man i think i'm i think i'm fully a chatterbait guy now i think i'm fully fully jackhammered (laughs) i'm fully (laughs) jackhammered dude (laughs) i bought like maybe 30 jackhammers this winter so nice so fully jackhammered up nice so, dude all so, right yeah. well thanks buddy appreciate everybody listening and uh as always free the fighter merry christmas merry and free christmas. the fighter merry xmas <laughs> merry we're we're full xmas dude uh, <laughs> happy holidays <laughs> we're going full target <laughs>